Hey y'all, what if you really could change your life? If there was a way to be healthy and intentional in every area of your life? Good news, there is. And we show you how each week on All of You Whole. Hosted by me, Caroline Fossil, entrepreneur, wellness expert, author, and speaker. Every episode is an in-depth look at how to help you get unstuck, be brave in your life choices, and have a meaningful life all either from my own experiences or from the experts I interview. My goal is to help you build a healthy, connected, and intentional life that fulfills your greatest purpose. Today on the podcast, I welcome my friend, Hannah Setzer. Hannah met Chaz at a Young Life camp called Windy Gap the same summer that I met Chaz, which is so fun. So we've known Hannah for 30 years, more than that. Oh my gosh. How long ago was 2009? (laughs) A long time. So Hannah is so amazing. You're going to love her as much as I do. Hannah was born with a rare disease called cystic hygroma. And so she's going to talk to us a little bit about growing up with this disease and also to how her family has been just so supportive and wonderful to her and how she has such high self-esteem and how she can really just let things roll off of her back even when people are mean to her about her disorder, which I feel like I learned a lot from her with this conversation. She has a book out called I'll Pray For You and Other Outrageous Things Said to Disabled People. And so I'm going to link that book in the show notes. Please be sure to go get her book. You are going to love it. She's wonderful and hilarious and you're going to learn a lot. So without further ado, let's welcome Welcome, Hannah, to the show. Welcome to the show, Hannah. I am so excited, really, to just hang out with you for the next little bit. Thanks for Thank being here. You. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Yeah, it's fun to just hang out with a friend. Exactly. I know. It's so fun. So listeners, Hannah and I met through my husband, Chaz. What would you say, 12 years ago? I mean, a long yes. time ago. 2000. <laughs> And nine? I mean, yeah. that's when I met Chaz was yeah. 2009. So it so. would have been right around the same time Chaz and I started dating. They both were working at Windy Gap, which is a Young Life camp. So anyway, that's how we got connected. But I'm so excited to introduce her to you guys. So this whole podcast episode is really dedicated to your life. So we're going to get into the nitty gritty of all the amazing things that you do. But first, can you just give us like a little intro into who is Hannah? Sure. So I... Well, as in Virginia, I am a disability rights advocate, that's right. And I am another, a recent author, and I have a husband and four boys. We have a miniature farm here in Virginia, so we have chickens, rabbits, pigs, turkeys, quail, cats and dogs. Probably other animals that I don't even know about. Yeah. <laughs> Just join in the party. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they're passionate about intentional movement, moving your body intentionally yeah. every day. And the reason I reached out to you is because I am exclusively feeding to fed. Yeah. And, and I eat real food. And so we just wanted to talk about like how that works with yeah. the feeding Yeah, totally. So awesome. Can't wait to dive into all of those things. So I have read your book. I'm going to hold it up. I'll pray for you and other outrageous things said to disabled people. So 
For those who don't already follow you, you were born with a rare disease called cystic hygroma. And can you share with us, what was that like growing up with this disorder? Yeah, so I am the youngest of three children and the only one in the family that has any disability. Right. And honestly, like growing up, I just, I didn't know anything else. Like I had yeah. surgery all the time, every mm-hmm. summer, every Christmas, spring break, wow. and surgery doctors. And my siblings and parents just never treated me any different. I played basketball. I was yeah. a girl scout, hung out with my friends in the neighborhood. And then my family didn't use the term disabled. They just mm. said, oh, Hannah has a medical condition. Yeah. And so I didn't even really acknowledge that I am disabled until a few years ago. And that, yeah, my family was just so, like, take things in stride. And I just didn't really know anything else and was never treated differently inside my house. Um, yeah, that's so great. Yeah. It sounds like you have an amazing family. I certainly do, yeah. I'm so grateful for that. And I talked about in my book that at one point my parents were like, hey, if you don't want to do this, if you don't want to be <laughs> out in the world, if you're tired of people staring at you and asking you questions because that happens every day Mm -hmm. and 32 years now you know Mm -hmm. and they were like you don't have to like you can phone the town and we will Mm -hmm. protect you we can homeschool you like Mm -hmm. we'll do anything that we want us to do yeah we need to have the best life you can and i was like that sounds terrible. Like, life is really <laughs> yeah. fun, and I'm having fun, so I, yeah. I, I appreciate the author that I, I'm just going to keep living my Yeah, life. totally. Yeah, because you, you do live such an amazing, adventure-packed, awesome life, which as a parent, you can imagine that we all want to protect our children from whatever it is, right? There's the bullies and there's the things and you're like, let's just put you in a little bubble. <laughs> and not let anyone get to you. Well, I feel like, especially from your book and like from your Instagram account and everything, like you, you have an ability to, I don't even know, like let things roll off your back, like water on a duck's back or just, I don't know, keep on keeping on. And I feel like I don't have that ability. Like people are mean to me on the internet and I'm like, where do you feel like that comes from? Or like, how do you do that? I think it truly does that to my family, just like not treating me differently and truly letting me be my own person. I Mm. I had a very strange, like, fashion sense (laughs) growing up, you know, like, kind of frenzy that my parents, like, let me be who I want to be and definitely instilled confidence in me. And then I, I think on my own, in middle school and high school, I just decided like that I was a whole person and that I didn't want to be ashamed of how I looked or sounded yeah. or anything. And it's kind of cheesy and like hard to say. Like 
Oh, I just decided that it was yeah. good and I know that's not easy for everyone and sure. it certainly and I have to like keep doing that like every day doing sure. like, no like and like <laughs> even earlier today I got a message on Instagram and being like, How do you accept your daddy? And it's so hard because <laughs> I like want to think of that. I don't know because I just like decided that I was yes. going to like accept who I am and mm. even like recently they had posted that like in New Year's and dating suit being like oh I'm the yes. hot person like I'm hot. <laughs> I know I saw that and like I didn't know I can certainly say you're definitely not hot and that's cool like I can say that about myself and feel really good about it yeah no, I think that's a good, that's a, there's been so many things in my life that it was just this like split second, like I just had to choose this one thing. And so I think that's encouraging for us because we all have insecurities. We all have people who are going to say crap about us on the, not on the internet, but like to our face or like behind our back or whatever. And yeah, that must be like a really freeing mentality to be in. Because I don't feel like I'm in that space. So even before you were born, and you share this in your book, the doctors told your parents you wouldn't live. And also, too, I felt like you made the really good point of this was their fourth baby, right? Like, I do feel like that kind of changes things. Like your first baby, you're like, we'll do whatever. But I feel like by the fourth <laughs> baby, they really could have been like, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't go through with this or she's not going to live anywhere or whatever, but they were so brave and went forward with it. And now you're here doing amazing things. So now that you're living this like wonderful, thriving, adventure-filled life, do you feel like that information is like a fire under your butt <laughs> to just like keep on proving them wrong? Or how does that info affect you now? I'm talking about in the book, like, I am this rebellious person. I think that was instilled in me from my yeah. parents who literally, like, rebelled against countless doctors and then medical professionals who are like, this, like, no, like, this dude is not going to make it. Like, right. And then my mom had me, and they're like, she's still not going to make it. And right. Like, so I was born at the end of September, and, like, that Halloween, I was still in the NICU, and, right. like, my dad dressed in a Halloween costume. Like, <laughs> he was, like, they were just, like, this is our baby, and, like, she's in this world, and we're going yeah. to do, like, normal things with her. Yeah. And I think as long as she's here, and, like, even until I was five, ten, the doctors are still, like, like this, like it's still not gonna happen. Wow. Um, and then I think by the end of the ten and ten and whatever around then, doctors are like, okay, like she's here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess, I guess this is gonna work out. <laughs> like, like, I make the joke all the time. Like when I was five, my family was so blessed. Then a wish foundation that moved that to all the Disney World through the oh wish, gosh. which is amazing. That like sometimes I feel guilty because I'm still here. Oh, because <laughs> yeah, Make a Wish is specifically for kids who aren't going to make it. I think that's like what I thought growing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Not bad. Um, still here. Like, yeah, like so grateful and blessed, and mm. yeah, I just I. And then, like, going back to my parents, like, they were just like, no, like, 
This is our Indian series. Yeah. It's like strong and going to be strong and we're going to work hard until the real strong often. Like 32 years later. Here you um, are. I love that so much. And, and also you talk about like how hard it would be like Ella was born at 30 weeks, right? And so she was in the she was in the NICU. I know you probably remember all that. She was in the NICU for 10 weeks. No, I'm sorry. She was in the NICU for five weeks was supposed to be like they told her, they told us she'll be there the whole 10 weeks. She was only there for five. But even those five weeks were really hard. But I do remember thinking in the NICU, like you would see other parents and they clearly had other kids. Like they weren't able to come very often. And it's like, I can't imagine having a child, like having Ella. I was so worried about having another child in the NICU because, you know, that child, like little babies can't go into the NICU. Like if you have a two-year-old, they can't go in the NICU. And it's so hard to figure out like visitation and pumping and then feeding your baby. There's just so many so many facets to it. So you were a fourth child, Hannah, and in the NICU for months and months. So your parents just sound amazing. Okay. So in the introduction of your book, you said something that I really liked. You said, we need to trust that everyone is an expert in themselves and what they need from life. And I just finished up a health coaching program. And this was like at the core, right? Like, everyone is their own expert. And also we need to like be giving people the autonomy to make choices for themselves. And like they, they know best. Right. So I love that so much. And I'm just curious. I love the title of your book and I feel like this relates to my question, but like if you could just have a PSA to every able-bodied person (laughs) and you could tell them like one thing about how to be kind and loving and how to interact with people with disabilities. Like, I'm sure it's hard to narrow it down to one, but if you have one <laughs> or a few things to say, what would that be? I truly think you just hit the nail on the head. Like, mm. being kind. Like, mm. it, it, like, literally doesn't cost anything. And also, accepting and being okay with being, as an independent person, like, I'm not and you are not privileged to everyone else's like medical history and yeah. their history and like yes. yes i look very different than most other people but like that doesn't mean that i should have to tell you why just like you don't have to tell people why you have brown hair or, yeah sure but like, everyone's personal business is their personal business and yeah some disabled people are so like out there I follow a girl with cerebral palsy and mm. every single thing she posts is about cerebral palsy yeah and so like and that's her choice right yes like, yes like, not everything I post is about sister Hadona right because that's like one type of me for sure and I'm like so all over the place that like that would be boring to me. Yeah, it's just like everyone's choice. It's not going yeah. to her to test it out seven thousand, and she has made that choice to make that like her platform and educate people. Yeah, it's just great because I learned from her. Other people do too. Yeah, and and sometimes I get messages all the time being like, "I'm just curious. Like, I like to learn. Like, tell me what your condition is." 
I think that's I appreciate that people want to learn and be educated. That I I don't have to tell you, and you just have to. <laughs> but also, it's that. like it's not like I was at. This might be a bad comparison, but I was at a like racial reconstruction meeting, and all these white people were like, "But you have to tell us your stories to these black people," and they were <laughs> like, "This is just like not my job to." <laughs> teach you to tell my traumatic stories to teach you to not hate black people like that's just <laughs> not my job and yeah. so you're like i'm so glad that you're happy to learn but like it's not on me to like teach you <laughs> like right. and also like there's literally a post like pinned on my instrument that says the name in that condition or you could do the need because i've done dialogue several times in the past right. five years and mm-hmm. it's like you can find out but then time it took you to message me was probably the same time it took yeah. you to do the hair section yeah and there you go but you can learn a lot the way and then you can go down rabbit holes that I don't care to go down because right. I live in it and I don't need to like read yeah. medical journals about totally. myself. Totally. <laughs> and so it's just that the same goes in like diabetes or whatever. Like, For people sure. don't have to educate people on other things. Like, we had the internet, we had libraries, yeah. whatever. But people are not like, and encyclopedias, like, I don't have a name tag on that says, right. like, hey, hey, I have such a high moment. Please ask me about it. Right, for sure. Well, and it's like you're saying, like, there's this woman over here with cystic fibrosis, and she's, like, an open book, wants to talk about it. Like, that's her thing. And you might not want to. And so I feel like as an able-bodied person, what I'm hearing is, like, don't ask. Because you don't know if someone wants to talk about it or doesn't want to talk about it. You don't know. And it's like you too, Hannah. It's like you literally do 5,000 things. And who is that amazing influencer who is always like, my appearance is the least interesting thing about me. And like uh that's what I want other people to think too. So whether it's like appearance, disability, medical history, blah, blah, blah. It's like you're – and I've also heard this too, Hannah, like in in – when it comes to like healing of a condition, like I've had a million things, thyroid issues and blah, 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 weight loss issues, all these things. Like you, part of the healing journey is getting to a point where you don't even resonate with it anymore. Like, do you know what I mean? Like you're like, this is like not even, <laughs> this isn't even like really a part of what I'm doing anymore. And so I appreciate your, I don't know, well-roundedness. But anyway, yeah. So thanks for sharing that with us. So what made you want to start your Instagram account, Feeding Tube Fitness, back in, was it 2018? It was, yeah. Um, so, so I I had a January 1st resolution in 2018 to lose my daddy for 30 days. And, and I did and felt great. And I was like, oh, maybe 60 days, maybe right. 100 days. Kept going. And truly, like, I... August, my friends are like very, very tired of you talking about this. Like, please talk to somebody else. <laughs> that's funny. And they're like, let us send this Instagram. And I was like, that's a thing. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay. And truly, I literally just had the desire to like get free, like, right out weddings. 
I love so that. Sometimes to me, I was like, that would be like the ultimate like, goal. Yes. I was like, that is it. Like when yeah. I did a three pair of legends, like I am done. I like, made, like, it. I made it. Yeah. And and it grew pretty fast, honestly. Like yeah, I, totally. I had no expected and and honestly when I started I like had no I did out the disabled fitness community. And I mean, I had bits and stuff that didn't yeah. know that there was like this other side of like adapted athletes, people doing CrossFit. I, yeah. I just had no idea that existed. And, and so, yeah, like that connected with different people and different accounts. And kind of started realizing how. Latin, the fitness industry is in terms yeah. of disabled representation. For sure. Whether that's like the little fitness legends and stuff being accessible and inclusive. Right. But also in like fitness clothing. Like, I'm saying, like, yeah. you can go on pretty much any fitness brand website and it's like, Blondes, oh, yeah, giant dudes, and yeah, giant ducks, and that's totally, it. yeah. But never had I seen a disabled person on like not on fitness clothing, right? And so, yeah, it kind of grew and grew, and I truly never expected but this account to do anything and don't anywhere to have the community that I had. and I'm overwhelmed all the time and so beautiful. Yeah. yeah, no, it's so awesome. So before your 2018 30 day challenge, was was that like your introduction to movement? Had you been moving before? Like what was kind of your experience with it before that challenge? Yeah, I was I was saying pretty active in my whole life. Like I said, like playing rec basketball and martial arts, you know, like all the things that kids do. Yeah. And playing alternate Thursday every day in college. Yeah. As you do in the South. Yeah, exactly. As you do. (laughs) And started in college, started running half marathons and and loved it, like loved running and and yeah, so I, I had done acting, I kept running in grad school and and beyond grad school. So it was kind of like, oh, I think there's like more into life than just running. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. And <laughs> Possibly. Yeah, so, yeah, the 30 days, and honestly, so the first, so 2018 until June of 2022, so like almost over four and a half years, I was just at home, like did everything mm. at home, like got different online programs, tried yeah. like yoga at home, Pilates, started lifting weights and really loved it Yeah, at home and was still running, just doing my own thing. And in that process, I created my own 30-day program that yeah. I turned into a book. And, and... So it did, it did start out as like, I'm going to write out the 30 days and somewhere along the way, probably like three years in, I had this mindset shift and like intentional movement. Yes. Instead of 
and yes. working out like yes because I I felt myself becoming like a slave to my fitness and like yeah. walking in circles at night to get my ten thousand steps and yeah it wasn't intentional it wasn't mindful it was just yeah. something that I felt beholden to and 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 then yeah like my season tube sometimes sucks and is really painful mm. and so on those days I would like beat myself up that I didn't yeah. work out sure. because I was in pain which like didn't feel good to me either right no 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 yeah and so it was like had the shift that literally anything can be intentional movement if yep. you make it. So truly, like some days that looks like cutting at the end of the cutting lot at Walmart and doing that grocery shopping, and that's it. Like, right, yeah. That's all I had the capacity for that I am thoughtful and that that is all I can do. And so, like, not looking down a few extra hours later. Sunday that looks like laying on my bathroom floor and hiding because I'm in pain. And that yeah. was like, movement, I don't think has to always be physical. I can lose mm. my mind. I can lose my spirit. I can mm. be prayerful and meditative. Mm-hmm. And that like, I can't do anything because my body is left right now. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Yeah, I just had made that switch and then in June 2020 and a plot twist I had never seen coming. I joined the CrossFit gym. Yes, I'm uh, like really impressed by your CrossFit because I've done it before and it is not for the faint of heart. (laughs) I mean, I literally, so I wrote my book in January 2020 and I wrote in my book, I will never do CrossFit, this is insane. (laughs) <laughs> and then by the time I was like editing that book, I had joined CrossFit and like fell in love with it. And I was yeah. like, wow, how the changes had turned. Yeah. Does Brandon go with you? No, Brandon started with me and he loved it and I didn't. And that's why I was joined because he was like, I'm in. Yeah. And he is a full time student. Yeah. And, and so like his classes just. Like yeah. the schedule didn't work out. Right. So he doesn't know anymore, and I do, which is just so funny that I signed yes. up because of him. Because and- of him. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I mean, we talk, we've talked on the show before about this difference between, I feel like America specifically is very like exercise and like join a gym and lift the weights, which like lifting weights is great, but I, I just feel like it's more about sustainability. And so if you're not going to lift weights every single day for the rest of your life, let's find something, even if it's like, honestly, I'm about to start my garden and I'm like, gardening can get my heart rate out. Like there are certain things that you can do that maybe you love. And, And one thing I love to help people through is like, what did you love doing as a child, right? Like you're like, I was on the rec basketball team. Like maybe you love basketball. I do not like basketball. I'm way too, sh- I'm way too short for that. But you know, think about like, what did you do as a kid? And I swam as a kid and I love, I'm like basically a mermaid. I love to swim. So like, think back to like 
what did you, what's like this childlike thing that you could just do? And like people in our neighborhood will rollerblade like straight up on the street, like through the neighborhood. And that's really impressive to me. I feel like that would actually be hard if you were doing it like long distance. So you've mentioned your feeding tube. I'm curious because I feel like I remember, maybe I'm misremembering, but I feel like I remember a period. And I think you mentioned this, like switching from like just feeding tube, like, what would be the word? Solution? No, like, like formula, honestly. Like, formula, like medical food yeah. to blending up, straining, making your own food. Can you just like enlighten us and tell us about that process? Oh, yes, yes. So, <laughs> and yes, and I was in 25 years, 24 years, I was on formula. And like I had eight hands a day, and and until I turned eighteen, I was on PDSA, and mm. then I graduated to insulin. Yeah. Um. And so really that's like what doctors told my parents I had to be on. And oh. They're like, "This is it." But she has a feeding tube, so she has to have formula. And I was sick all the time as a kid, mm. and. At least once a month, like the cyst in the head and neck, and the infections, and then Ugh, yeah, like, just I was sick all the time. Yeah, and and when I was probably twenty, maybe twenty-two, honestly, I had some friends who started seeing a chiropractor, and they were like, "You should see him. He does nutrition stuff." And I was like, okay. And then I was like, young and 22 and didn't yeah. know anything. And I didn't know anything. But also, the chiropractor didn't know anything mm. because he was like, you don't have to do on that. And I was like, okay, tell me what to do. And so, like, I remember had Instagram pictures and, like, he put me on protein powder and almond milk, and that was it. It was like nice food, and he was like, "This will sustain you." Mm-mm. And and so I'm I'm like tiny, and like maybe weighed like a hundred pounds at the most at this time. Right. And I lost like twenty pounds <gasps> in a month, and it was horrible. And, and he yeah. was like, yeah, hey, like, just stay in the path. And I was no. like, I I'm dying. Okay. Hannah, that is like malpractice. Yeah. 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 I mean, oh, I just yeah. saw a news story about a, ba- a mom that was being charged or something because the baby was just getting almond milk. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, that yeah. is not enough to – like, I can't even begin to think of everything you're missing with just almond milk and protein. Yeah. Yeah. So it was horrible. I mean, I like had brain fog. Well, one, I was like detoxing from all the sugar and the insulin. Yeah. So that was like really hard. But then I also like lost like my first as my body weight in like right. three weeks. Yeah. And my mom was so mad. Yeah. <laughs> she I was bet. like, hey, no, I'm like, this is horrible. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, I can do it. And so I stopped seeing the chiropractor because, you know, he's a psycho. Yeah. And I had friends who 
the same friends that introduced me to the chiropractor, like, clearly saw that it was not good, that they yeah. were like, hey, I think he's on to something, like, let's then do this out. And so, truly, Caroline, we would spend hours a day on my fitness towel, like, oh. putting things in, so, like, figure out how to get in powers, but yeah. also, like, to figure out what I can blend up. Yes. And so, like, my initial diet was still definitely not enough. Like, I still don't know how I sustain myself. It was, yeah. like, applesauce and bananas and yogurt, kind yeah. of cheese, like, soft things that I can blend up. Yeah. And then... And another plot twist, I moved to South America. What? <laughs> I missed while, that. While this was happening, and my yeah. mom was like, hey, you know, like, I'm going to die. And I was like, but it's okay. And I keep going to South America, eat a lot of beans and rice. So I started blending up beans and rice. And I I definitely gained probably the 20 pounds that, that I lost. It. I didn't, like, I wasn't. Gaining weight, I was just like not passing yeah. out and dying. Yeah. And I came back to America and oh, okay. So in Brazil, I was there for eight months and that whole time I got sick one time. And I was like, something's different. Yes. And so I got sick and it was like really bad. Like, not like the infections I had as a month as a kid. Mm. It was like pretty bad. I ended up in the hospital, which mm. was fine. They were nice to me. Yeah. And that I was only sick one time in those eight months. And I was mm. like, dang, like this is good. And so I came back to America, went to grad school, was still running stuff. And Still, like, maintaining, not as a, like, in a safe place, I don't think. But truly, Helen, so I didn't even realize that it's been probably 10 years now since I started eating real food. Yeah. And I've been sick maybe, like, six times in those 10 years. It's crazy. Yes. So the insulin, while it had everything I needed and also was full of sugar and like processed crap. Yeah. And that's why I was sick all the time as a kid because the sugar like fed often. Yeah. But then. also your your disease is cyst based. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. And sugar. Yeah. yeah. So I mean truly like life changing like I had not I got COVID at Christmas, so I think that was like inevitable for most people in the world. But other than that, like, I had not been sick in years. Like, oh, it's years so and great. Years and years. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, that's awesome. And now my diet is, I'm pretty much just done that where I've been burned in hooks. So yeah. like, I made my thing right before coming here. I'm eating right now. Oh, yeah. Um, and I put like, Pasta and chicken noodle soup, and <laughs> I don't like, I really don't even know what else I put there. Sometimes yeah. it's really bad, like, really bad is in just like horrible concoctions because mm. I'm just like, my family's garbage disposal. And yeah. so, like, any leftovers we had, it just goes into me. Yeah. So, 
So you blend um, it, but you also have to strain it. I do have to strain it. It's like yeah. a very tiny tune that it does yeah, through, and so right. it gets hard. And uh. it's like... So, yeah, I do strain it. Um, but I got denied a life insurance policy a year ago for being yes. underweight, yeah. which is really annoying. Because yeah. I'm so healthy. Yeah. And so I was, I've done like on a mission to Dan Wright, and I have, which is really exciting. So yeah. it's the first time in my life. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And then you were able to get the life insurance policy, right? Yeah, it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> but it is, will. <laughs> yeah, I literally emailed my dad today, and I was like, what's happening? But yeah. it's done. And so, yeah, I, I'm like, the last person that should edit their diet and nutrition and nice because I'm just a diet disposal that I'm so active that it, it doesn't really matter and I don't get sick typically if I put sugar in my tube like the other day it was like I had death and I put a piece of hate down my food and that was totally fine yeah um, so I think my daddy has like leveled out Totally. And I'm sure, I'm sure that, because I mean, just thinking about Ensure, it's like, not only is it tons of sugar, which like, okay, it blows my mind that they don't have a specific formula for feeding tubes because you don't need to taste the sugar. Like, why is that even in there? But anyway, so tons of sugar, but it's also a lot of seed oils. And I've just been on this seed oil kick. I don't know if much about that, but like it's corn oil and soy oil in Ensure and also soy protein and milk protein. So anyway, it's like bummer. <laughs> what a bummer also that these are like, this is what's given in hospitals too and hospital food. That's like a whole whole rabbit hole we can't go down. But is this <laughs> movement of like real food in feeding tubes, is this like a whole thing? Yeah. So there's a lot of companies now and my friend owns Whole Story News and that is a powder and it has like kind of everything you need and chicken and rice and veggies and oh wow all good stuff but in powder friends so I take that on my on my travel super easy and another friend owns a company called well then product is called Whitwood Hope and and they are great and there's a Company have real food drains, which is good. Cool. And it's owned by Nestle, so it's not the best. Yeah. Yeah, I think companies are like realizing that this is a thing and doctors yeah. are too. But I talk to parents all the time of kids with feeding tubes, and they're like, nah, a doctor says my kid can't eat real food. And I'm like, you do you. I know you get to decide. I can understand the overwhelm of like making sure that they're getting all the things. But at the same time, honestly, like so many kids are eating like mac and cheese and it's like not like every child is getting like the amount of iron and choline and iodine and like things that they need. So I guess it shouldn't be stressful, but for some reason it feels more stressful. Awesome. Okay. I want to end by, even though I have like 20 more questions for you, we got it. We got to end it somewhere. I want to end by asking you about your advocacy efforts in Virginia. Can you tell us about your advocacy? Sure. So I am 
Adjustability Rights and for the Adjustability Law Center in Virginia, the state has a protection and advocacy agency for oh, disabled cool. people. And so you can just do like Colorado protection and advocacy and it would come up. And so I do a lot of work with people in the community, so people that live in group homes and in like assisted living facilities and nursing homes and things like that. And to help keep them hopefully healthy and safe in the community and having access to all the things that they have the right to access to. Yeah, like, totally. Then they have rights under the law to do things like eat what they want to eat and like talk to who they want to talk to. And yeah. That oftentimes is not how their lives are. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of educating to providers and group homes and also mm. like doctor's offices and things like that being like mm, no like <laughs> they <laughs> no. have the right to do what they want to do and you yeah. know, like can't dictate their life just because they are disabled mm. yeah and so yeah that is professionally like I just like yeah no that's awesome okay so for people who want to connect with you more where can people find you on Instagram at studentune.fitness. That's kind of the best. I have a TikTok that, to be honest, like it's all just things I do on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. On TikTok, so it's like <laughs> not worth it to follow Yeah, you're so funny. Awesome. Okay, let me ask you the question I ask everybody before the end. When you're looking back at the end of your life, what does a successful life look like to you? If the world is in word kind and inclusive and accessible place, whether that be like my kids are kind humans mm. that I'm proud of or like my husband and I own a nonprofit to mm-hmm. do an accessible playground in our town, like whether that playground comes to fruition. I think, yeah, just like knowing that the world is kind of, even back things like this, like this podcasting out mm. in the world and like mm. people can learn and listen and share it. I think that is all like the night is a success. Yes. Love it. Well, thank you so much for being here, Hannah. Until next time. Hannah, thank you so much for being on the show. It was such a joy and a pleasure to chat with you today. Listeners, you are definitely going to want to get her book. It's called I'll Pray For You and Other Outrageous Things Said to Disabled People. The link to shop that book is in the show notes, and you can connect with Hannah further at feedingtube.fitness on Instagram or TikTok or wherever you're on social media. You will love her inspiring content, and she encourages me to move my body all the time. So thanks so much for listening and I will see you next week.